This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television program. Also, those that would be listening to this on Warning Radio, shortwave, watching it on social media, welcome. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. This is a live audience. And I want to speak on something that is important for each and every person. Peace in the storm. I don't care who you are, you're going to go through storms. And some deep storms. I know we need to pray for Mary. Uh, She's a part of this coming to this attendance every week, our staff services and her husband, and and she's not here today because of breast cancer, and she's in some real pain. Dan, uh, Sharon's husband's not here today. People are going through storms, some of them much deeper, more challenging, more violent than others. But everyone goes through storms in life. So we're going to talk about peace in the storm. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, actually, a person could break down that verse and That's enough, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, to discuss that alone. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't needlessly worry. But by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Sometimes we say we give it to God, and the next second we're we're a basket case. The next second we're... Reminiscing everything we just supposedly gave to God. Did you give it to God? Not really. Mentally you gave it to God, but not in your heart you didn't. It's still plaguing you. Still destroying your peace. And if you 
contemplate on it long enough, it'll destroy every area of your life. Every area. And make you a basket case. Whatever thing is noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, praiseworthy, says on these things meditate. On these things dwell. Not the negative, but the promises of God. Things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. Paul had learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the peace of God within his heart, but having the peace of God. Do we have the peace of God? No doubt Paul had practiced these truths through the, all the challenges and disappointments he endured in the ministry. As we read about Paul's life, we see that he faced all adversities that life can throw at him. He had the physical challenges that resulted from being beaten with rods and lashes, as well as being stoned to death, dragged out of the city where he was left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, dangerous animals, financial shortages, imprisonment, betrayal by his friends. Yet he learned how to live with peace in his heart. Peace in his heart. I hope you listen to what we just read. Again, the Apostle Paul was a man that, even as a young minister, I highly looked to as an example and a hero of the faith because of everything he went through, and he kept coming. I'm sure he got discouraged, but you don't see it in his writings. He kept coming. Start a boxer that won't quit. You knock him down, he gets up and knock you down. That is Paul. He just kept coming. What a hero of the faith. All the adversities that he faced, and I don't know anybody that faced as many. I don't know everybody in the world, all the martyrs. Yet I know that what I read, he faced a lot and a great deal, and he did not quit. He understood the peace of God. In the middle of the storm, literal storm at sea, the peace of God in the jail cell. He wasn't a basket case. He knew what was going to happen to him. It was prophesied, and he still went to Rome. How many of you would do that, or would you run and hide? Is there a bed big enough that you can crawl under? Hello. Physical challenges, beaten with rods, lashes, stoned to death, dragged out of the city, hunger, Dangerous animals, financial shortages, imprisonment, betrayal by friends. You know, that's some of the most cruel things is to be betrayed by a friend. You know, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss on the cheek. People that smile and talk about you behind your back. That is probably some of the worst betrayal that you'll ever experience is friends. That's why most pastors leave the ministry. They're just tired of the hypocrisy. I've shared with you 90% of pastors in 10 years who are highly educated, postgraduate school, graduating from seminary. Within 10 years, 90% have quit the ministry because they're just tired of betrayal. You pour out your life to people you love and they talk about you. They, they don't rise up to where they could be. 
and they quit the ministry because they're just tired of it. 2 Corinthians 11, 23-28, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. That's a lot. They didn't go over 40 because you normally died. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and a day I spent in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, Besides other things which comes upon me daily, my deep concern was for all the churches. We're talking about peace in the storm. Everybody goes through storms. Some are going through deep storms. Deep storms. Paul went through deep storms. Yet he had peace. Point number one, giving all your concerns to the Lord. How do we go through storms in life, especially deep storms? Disappointments. Maybe we've received a diagnosis that it's fatal. How do we keep our peace? One again, giving all your concerns to the Lord. Literally giving them. Not saying you do in the next second. Again, you're complaining. You're ruminating. You're walking the floor. You're having to have tranquilizers to go to sleep. Giving all your concerns to the Lord. The first truth Paul shares that will result in a peaceful heart is to cast your cares upon the Lord. When he says to take our worries to God in prayer, he's simply saying, tell God about it. Tell him and make him responsible. Isn't that good? It's like a husband telling her wife, hey, the, the door is broke. You better get a lock on it. Make him responsible. Then go to bed. You've done your job. What is that we usually are anxious about, if not the outcomes? Outcomes of our situation. Are you worried about losing your job? Or if you have already lost it, maybe you're worried about getting another job. Where will the next job come from? Are you anxious about your children's future? We all should be. In every nation, they're trying to topple the nations. Bring tyranny, censorship, control. Warned about in the Bible. A one world government. We all should be anxious. Yet, we can have peace. It was forewarned. We knew it. We can rely on the promises of God. We don't have to fall apart. I'm anxious, but I'm victorious. I have peace. We will conquer. We will win. Like an Issachar who understood the times and the seasons. He prepared for it. Instead of being a victim, he was a conqueror. And he prospered. Tell God about your problems and make him responsible for the outcome. What is it, again, what outcome that is troubling you? Maybe the health of your loved one. 
I've prayed with people in the, in the next couple of minutes, they're right back to the same worry. And I say, didn't we just pray? Come on, didn't we just pray? Then quit talking about it this way. The list goes on and on with things that cause people to have mental distress and emotional illness. Because if you continue with mental distress, you'll have mental illness. You can make yourself mentally sick. Did you know that with too much worry? Mentally sick. Where all of a sudden now you got diarrhea, you got an upset stomach, you're vomiting. And if you continue with needless worry, all sorts of real sicknesses can come upon you. They're called psychosomatic from your emotions, from your worries. Real sicknesses. Paul had plenty of reasons to get worried since he had already experienced so much pain and anguish in his life, the Apostle Paul. Just the thought of some of these things could occur again would be enough to cause anxiety in the strongest person. I told you my grandparents went through a concentration camp. My father went through it. They could have escaped. My grandfather chose to because he said the Lord told them to, knowing the dangers that lied ahead, knowing they would be tortured and they were. And his son-in-law shot and killed for being a pastor. Can you have peace in that type of storm? Would you not even pray? You'd just say, hey, where's, when's the next flight out of here? When's the next boat? I don't need to pray. It's common sense. Oh, really? Common sense, God doesn't go with. The miracles were not common sense. People called them insane to go to the, get out of the boat and walk on water. Stretch your rod. Let water come out of the rock. Open up the sea. That's not common sense. But that's how a lot of people take it today. Oh, let's just use common sense. That's why those type of people really never see real miracles. They got to have somebody else come in and do their mission conference because they don't have testimonies. They have common sense on how to survive, how to be selfish. Oh, pardon me. Righteousness is the will of God. Selfishness is the will of man. You've heard me say, when you fast, you deny yourself. What? Self-preservation. Are you willing to die for the Lord? Are you willing to be a martyr? If you're willing to be a martyr, you can have peace of God because there's nothing else left. Paul had peace in all circumstances because he was willing to die. And he did. He knew what was going to happen to him. They warned him. And he went anyway. Are you ready to face heaven or hell? Because you will face one of them one day. And let me tell you, it comes as a thief in the night. Nobody goes to bed thinking, you know, I'm going to wake up dead. It comes as a thief in the night death. It shocks you. Shocks the people around you. Shocks you too when you wake up in the wrong place. If you're in the right place, then you're happy. Can you have peace in the storm? Do you have peace in the storm? Let's understand it. It's appointed on the man once to die. You will not escape that. You can escape trouble by trying to preserve your own life, not praying about it in case God wanted you to stay, but you don't want to hear from God. You want, you want to get out. Are we, are we together? Giving all your concerns to the Lord is point number one if you want... Peace with God. 2 Timothy 1.12, For this reason I also suffer these things. 
Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Paul trusted his life until the day of his resurrection, until the day he faced God. Do we trust God that much? When we make God responsible for the outcome of our situation by telling him about it and thanking him for it, for taking care of it in advance, he will do exactly as he promised in his word to do. Therefore, instead of dreaming the terrible things that could happen, we are imagining the outcomes to be according to what God promised to do. He is the one responsible for the situation now. Again, whose report will you believe? Whose report? There's been about six times in my life I should have been literally dead. Times they told me if you don't operate, you're, if we don't operate, you're dead. I'm still alive. One, I could hear from God, and two, I had the faith to stand on what I heard. Whose report will you believe? Whether it's written in the Word of God, where you hear it from the Spirit of God. Not your spirit, the Spirit of God. There's a difference between your voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you get close enough to God, you know the difference. But to have a peaceful heart is to stand on the Word of God and give Him praise in advance. Remember, they gave Him praise on the other side. Remember the Red Sea? The other side, they were giving him praise. Two, stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting God's word. I also wrote down, stop stinking thinking. <laughs> stop stinking thinking. You know, if you ever pray with somebody and you're praying and praying, and then you get up and, and you catch the person right, once again going right back to it. Man, look him in the eye and shake him a little bit. Hey, stop your stinking thinking. Didn't we just pray? Oh, this is what we're talking about. Can you have the peace of God? Or do you want to pray, but then you also want to worry? So why pray? Paul knew that Satan would be trying to devour us with mental bombardment of negative thoughts. That's his attack, to doubt God's word. It's always been his attack. Did God really say it? It's always been Satan's attack to create you to doubt God's word, to trust in him, to have peace. He always wants to give you negative thoughts after you've cast your cares on the Lord. This is how the enemy attempts to get us to take back the things we've given to the Lord. Take them back. We just gave it to him. Half an hour later, we take them back. When they prayed, we felt good. We leave. An hour later... We're a basket case. Does that happen to anybody? You can stop it, and only you can. Unless you got somebody that can preach to you day and night, 24 hours a day. It's up to you to choose, as we read, what are you going to dwell on? Are you going to dwell on A, B, C, D, good things? Or are you going to go right back to stinking thinking? It depends if you have peace or not. And it actually depends even on victory if you're expecting a miracle. Doubt not, and all these things will happen. The Apostle Paul understood the strategic warfare. He explained it to the Christians at Rome in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves. 
that he may exalt you in due time. Humble meaning trust in him, not in yourself. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him. It's an action. We resist him. We don't dwell on it. We choose what we think about. See, we have that power. Choose to think on the good things, on the word of God. Choose to think on the negative things from Satan. And that's where the negative things come from. You better understand who you're fighting. Resist him. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. You know, other people are also going through the same thing. How did the martyrs become victorious? They resisted the enemy. They trusted in the word of God. They were victorious. And millions have actually become martyrs. The ultimate test by trusting in the word of God, dwelling on the things of God, dwelling on the promises of God. I'm going to wake up in paradise. In Afghanistan, the mothers told their children when they were threatened to either deny Christ or be beheaded, don't worry, you're going to wake up in the presence of God. Dwell on that, children. They knew it without a doubt. What would you do? Save your child? You've got to judge yourself. If that's your choice, you don't have much faith. You have faith in yourself, and you will fail your whole life in God. Again, we see the admonition of the apostle. Cast your cares on God. Make him responsible. And then the watchtower, because the enemy will try to devour your thinking with those same anxious thoughts that you have just released to God. However, we can successfully resist the enemy by taking the thoughts captive, replacing them with positive thoughts. Philippians 4, 8. Meditating on the positive, the things of God. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop a bird from building a nest in your hair. Do you catch that? You don't have to dwell on it and let it grow, the negative thoughts. It may take some diligent effort to resist the enemy in your thought life, but it will happen. He will flee. A friend said, I remember the time in Bible college, I was having some severe mental oppression from the enemy. It seemed like I couldn't shake the thoughts out of my head that were contrary to the truth of God's word. And I was losing my peace of mind. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, break the silence. I had been trying to combat the bad thoughts with good thoughts. This was all going into my head. I never considered to speak out loud to myself the correct thinking. Speak it out loud. And it changed the images running through my wild head. You know, the Bible says, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. If you're having bad thoughts, speak the word. Speak it. Not just read it, speak it. Not just think it, speak it. Words are powerful. He spoke positive thoughts, the word of God. And he found out that now he could resist the enemy. Now he could have peace. He broke the negative thinking, the patterns. And it resulted in him being able to meditate on the promises of God. Verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace be with you. So number one was giving all your concerns to the Lord. Number two was stop thinking negatively. And number three, follow the example of faithful leaders. 
Paul had proven himself to be faithful. He had learned to live by faith in the grace of God. He could boldly tell people, follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I have said, what you have seen me do, what you have seen me speak, how you have seen me live, how you have seen me die. Follow me. Paul didn't leave out any method of instruction. He covered every possible way that believers could be victorious. Do these things. Learn these things. See these things. Watch these things. And the God of peace will be with you if you follow it. Copy it. Live it. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember, those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God, you who faithfully speak to you, consider the outcome of their conduct. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 13, 20. Who do you hang with? Do you hang with people that doubt the word of God? Do you hang with people that are pillars of the word of God, can speak faith into your life, can encourage you, and you can be victorious? Who do you follow? You will and can have peace in the middle of the storm when you trust God fully by giving God your cares. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.